0: Duty is defined as a task that one is required to perform, a responsibility, a legal responsibility. You are owed a duty by others at all times, whether a sole person or a huge corporation. You are owed a duty to be safe from negligent, careless, intentional acts that cause you serious damage. Death, permanent injury, catastrophic loss. Others have caused a breach... A breach of the duty due you and yours. Your only recourse is to pursue a legal claim. It is impossible to turn back time so that the injury and damage did not occur. Monetary compensation is the only alternative. Both to compensate you for your loss, but also to confirm the conduct of the wrongdoer. Motor vehicle accidents, slip and fall injuries, assault, dangerous products, workplace injuries, animal bites, defamation, These are a portion of the wrongs that are inflicted on you and yours. Opsitnik and Associates can make the difference. Al Opsitnik has litigated, tried, and settled injury claims throughout the United States in his home state of Pennsylvania, but also New York, Maryland, and Alaska, just to name a few. When duty is breached, contact Opsitnik and Associates to make things right. For you, for yours. Contact them toll-free... 1-866-391-3299 one 391 3299 or visit them on their Facebook page, Opsitnik and Associates, or their website, OpsitniksLaw.com. See the links in the description below for more information. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Carnival of Randomness. Zach's back. Rise back. Hello. And today we're going to start a new thing where... It's not going to be a new series because I know how much everybody loves those, no. but we're going to take a look at some of our maybe favorite genres of movies and discuss what we can talk about with them. Um, the first one we were going to look at, we were talking about, is war movies. Uh, very insanely popular. Yeah. And for the purposes of this this podcast right here, we're going to focus on the U.S. wars, because they're the more popular ones that we in the Western world would see. Um, You know, we can't look at uh, Canadian wars, because all that would be would be the 1890 War of the Moose, and I don't believe that was documented.
1: Alas not.
0: Alas not. But, so what we are going to do is basically start from when we were born out of war, and just take a look and see the movies that have been made about those wars... Our thoughts on them, et cetera, et cetera, Now, on our note sheet, we started with the Civil War But I was looking back even further to the Revolutionary War And, you know, the weirdest thing I found about the Revolutionary War is There really weren't a lot of movies made about it It's more documentaries and miniseries and whatnot
1: Which is surprising to me, you know You yeah. would think that there would be a lot
0: well, it's very surprising, and really one of the only ones was um, the Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot. Yeah, and that wasn't very. It wasn't real good.
1: No, it was. It was kind of formulaic. It's a very uh, Mel Gibsony movie.
0: Yeah, and especially with the whole David Manning faux review thing. You ever hear about that? No. Well, I guess uh, David Manning is the title or the name given to a non-existent movie reviewer. And he would give glowing reviews of certain movies to the point where... I can't remember who made The Patriot, what what studio, but they actually refunded people that went to see it. Oof. Yeah. Ish. So, I mean, that aside, but there have been some great documentaries on it, but that's for a different time. We're actually going... Movie movies yeah. and films. Uh, so let's move up a little bit of a way to the Civil War, and that's when the movies that you can see really got started. Um couple go, did you ever see Glory?
1: I didn't. I, I, it's one of those ones I've always, you know, meant to, but just never sat down to do it.
0: Well, for my money, it's a great movie.
1: Mm, it's got that's a great what i heard.
0: It's got a great cast, uh, you know, Matthew Broderick, whatever. Uh, but Denzel Washington, right now, in our opinion, the greatest employed actor on the planet. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Freeman, Kerry Elwis, And it's, you know, the Civil War movie about the 54th Massachusetts Infantry Regiment. And mm. for the non-historical people, that was the Union Army's first African-American regiment during the Civil War. Yeah, um, and then one, it was just an incredibly well done movie, very well acted because you got Denzel and Morgan.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, and then here's one thing that you always look at, and it's always a huge point of contention with a lot of people with anything war related are going to be historical inaccuracies. Yeah. Well, and the problem is you can't really do a perfectly accurate, historically accurate movie. Yeah. Because it's kind of dry.
1: Well, that's sort of the problem. I mean, movies have certain needs, right? It has to be entertaining at almost all points, which war obviously not. Right. You know? So there's just sort of bits and pieces where, you know, the simple fact of making a movie means certain things have to be done that sometimes, you know... ...interfere with authenticity.
0: Exactly, because you have to have some sort of dramatic element. And in this one, there's a scene where... uh, ...Denzel's character... uh, ...was flogged by a commanding officer. Mm. Only problem is... ...the Union Army had outlawed flogging, period, as a punishment... ...in... ...right at the start of the Civil War,
1: 1861.
0: Yeah. Um, Two years before this regiment, the 54th Massachusetts, was formed... But again, it's something, it's not hugely upsetting, historically speaking, that it was no, changed. But- it, it, it adds drama and adds depth to the character because that was one of the more powerful moments in the movie when he turned and just looked at him and said, okay. Um,
1: it it brings up an interesting thought that I had, though, when we were making this list. What's that? Which is Which is, it's sort of fascinating to look at how each country sort of portrays its wars. You know? I mean movies in a way are a type of propaganda.
0: Oh, a hundred percent.
1: You know, especially for wars. Right. Yeah. You, you know, so it's sort of fascinating and, you know, most of the these movies, I think actually probably all of them, are American made. Yeah. You know, through Hollywood and, you know, but going through the list it was sort of fascinating to look at some of the potential movies, that you know, to watch that are made by, you know, foreign movies to us. But, you know, fascinating to see how Europeans would, of course, look at something like World War II. Yeah. It would probably be quite different to how, you know, how we viewed it. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it it sort of leads back into the idea of making movies and historical inaccuracies. It's sort of fascinating because a movie generally has to have, you know, real uh, protagonists and antagonists. And if you're doing a movie about the American Civil War, that becomes really kind of fascinating to me.
0: Right. Is Who are they going to make the antagonist? Is it going to be well, purely the Confederates yeah. or is it going to be, you know, troublemakers in the Union part?
1: Well, that's sort of why it's fascinating. Like, how deep are you going to sort of take that? Like, it's, you know, it generally seems to be acceptable to, you know, to just sort of outright declare the confederates kind of evil right. They're kind mean, of
0: it's such it's such an easy route because that's kind of what history has dictated is that the confederates are always the antagonist
1: you know but it's sort of then you sort of go into well how deep are they sort of going to go with that right and i just sort of find that fascinating because that's sort of an aspect of you know the needs of making the movie but i think in that one sort of instance it just makes it even more fascinating yeah so, you know, because it's, obviously it's much easier for World War II. Nazis are evil.
0: Well, exactly, because they were trying to take over the world. But really, in the Civil War especially, were they really evil? They were fighting for their own state.
1: Well, that's it. And, you know, regardless of how anybody feels about, you know, the time period or whatever, they were Americans. That's the biggest thing. They exactly. were.
0: And there are several documented cases of border states where one brother joined the Union Army, one brother joined the Confederate Army, and they had to fight.
1: Well, that's why it's so fascinating, right? Like, that's the the interesting thing. You know, there is no... There's no Darth Vader, you know? There's no Nazis right. to punch, you know? it's It was a war of America on America, so I think those movies can be kind of fascinating that way.
0: Right, and that... Um, one of my... Favorite ones before we move on to the next one mm-hmm. was um you know was Braveheart and in Braveheart it would it kind of shows that Robert the Bruce was the evil but he really mm. wasn't in history he was actually on the same side as William Wallace but they needed a villain
1: exactly
0: so so we're gonna uh, we have to go into this assuming there's always going to be some sort of historical inaccuracy yeah there ju- there just is yeah oh but. But I'm going to close it out. Glory, I think, is a fantastic movie. I think if you have any interest in the Civil War, you should check it out. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, what else Civil War-wise? I mean, I I was looking it up, and Gone with the Wind made it, and I can see it. The only problem with Gone with the Wind was it was so damn long.
1: Yeah, I remember watching it cuz I had a friend who was obsessed with it and I fell asleep I think about an hour in and woke up and I think it was still going.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it's just a very long movie and you know, people can look at it for what it is, but you know, I just for me not very good because just far too long, far too dry.
1: Yeah, I think that's that was pretty much how I felt too.
0: Uh still on the Civil War Cold Mountain. Did you ever see Cold Mountain? I did not see again another really good one, um, acting wise, fantastic. And it was this movie. When I watched it, I was like, "Oh my God!" I did not know Renee Zellweger could act that good.
1: I've seen clips of it, and it looks amazing.
0: Yeah, and I think she won an Oscar for it, and I think rightfully so. But, um, very very good movie. Hmm. Uh, really good cast: Jude Law, who I'm a huge fan of, Nicole Kidman, who I'm a huge fan of.
1: The music was incredible. I've got some of the yes, soundtrack the score,
0: the score was insanely good.
1: It really is. Even if you don't like the like the movie or the topic, just listen to the music. It was amazing.
0: Right, and the whole point of it is, if you haven't seen it, it's it's based off a novel, as uh, quite a lot of these were. Uh, it's a Confederate soldier. He's wounded, it's near the end of the Civil War, he deserts, and he's going back home to be reunited with the love of his life. <laughs> Obviously, you know, I mean, spoiler alert, how can you really say spoiler alert when the movie's 18 years old, but... you know, Yeah! The fact of the matter is, it was Civil War movie, I thought it was very well done, and it's a different... It's a different point of view, because what we were talking about earlier, now you have you kind of feel sympathy for, you know, the Confederate soldier.
1: Yeah. Which but is... history tells us we shouldn't, right? Yeah.
0: But that's one all right. definitely goes... Lincoln. Oh, Lincoln? I loved Lincoln.
1: Yeah, I did, too. I thought it was great.
0: Because it had the greatest actor of all time, Sir Daniel Day-Lewis. Mm as abraham lincoln and i know one thing that people always complained about wow he had a southern accent well he was from kentucky don't forget yeah (laughs) you know he was yeah uh illinois is the land of lincoln but abraham lincoln was born in kentucky so yeah (laughs) but besides i'm sorry
1: you know what amuses me about sort of that one as well what's that is that now the sort of the two best portrayals of uh, the two best American presidents, Lincoln and Washington, are now both done by Brits. Which one are you doing? I... the
0: Washington one to?
1: Uh It's not a movie, it was the miniseries, Oh, Sons okay, of yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, okay. I was wondering if that's where you're going for. The, the miniseries, what was it, uh, Founding Fathers or?
1: Sons of Liberty. Sons of Liberty. I think.
0: Sons of Liberty. Great miniseries.
1: It is. Uh Jason O'Mara, I believe his name was, British actor.
0: Yeah, and he did a fantastic job as George Washington. Although technically, Pete, you can argue historically George Washington yeah, was true. British because there was no United States then.
1: Yeah, that's true, that's true. But, but now I'm just, just
0: no I'm just splitting hairs like an ass.
1: It just amuses me though, you know. I mean, especially given the uh the history on that war. Right. It's, I find it kind of hilarious that it's It's a Brit that now
0: yeah. has now, done the best portrayal I've seen. And now we, you know, we we're, we really talked about a couple of them, but there are lots of Civil War movies. But these are the ones that either you or I have seen. There are tons out there that neither of us have seen. Yeah. So, you know, this, this is going to be a living list. You know, as we yeah. see more, things are going to happen. But those are... Ones that I've seen, you've seen. I would recommend *Glory* and *Cold Mountain* to you, honestly.
1: Oh, definitely have to check them out. And I would say for everybody, if you haven't seen *Lincoln*, you know what surprised me the most about that one was that it's a newer movie and it didn't go sort of all Steven Spielberg, you know, Spielbergy. Like they didn't do the the big action thing for that. No, one. it was
0: very, it was Restrained. very plot driven very mm-hmm. dialogue driven and because it was the point leading up to was it leading up to the civil war
1: uh it was already going on but it was sort of parliament. far more
0: it no it was yeah. leading up to his um assassination
1: yeah i mean it was sort of all about him getting uh you know getting uh, the emancipation proclamation through and yes you know the amendments and stuff but yeah it was it was just sort of very restrained it was it was much more about, uh, yeah, sort of characters and interactions than just huge, you know, action set pieces.
0: Right. And which I
1: think was, uh, you know, was the proper way to go with it. I think
0: so, and just, and again, incredibly well acted. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. for as great an actor as he is, excuse me, Sir Daniel Day, I give I give respect to, to him. Yeah. There's no role that he would take on that he wouldn't just absolutely rule in, in my opinion.
1: Well, that's it. And if you're going to have Daniel Day-Lewis and Sally Field and Tommy Lee Jones and everybody, you know, fantastic who was on that cast, you know, let them act. Don't, you know, because they wouldn't have been in the action parts.
0: Right. That would be like getting Daniel Day-Lewis one of the greatest actors and putting him in a silent movie. It makes no sense.
1: Exactly. So I think that was, you know, a fascinating way to go with it. And I'm glad that they didn't, they didn't just, yeah, sort of ham it up with the action.
0: Right. And well... So that, like I said, that'll close out this portion of our Civil War talk. Now, here's one. It's a, a, a war that hasn't really gotten a lot of movie coverage. No. That would be World War One.
1: Yeah, it's always sort of been buried, you know, because you know, of bet- what came after. Right, between the Civil
0: War and, I think, the Spanish-American War... Then there was World War One, and then all of a sudden, 30 years later, here's another World War. Yeah. And I think also because when World War I occurred in the, you know, in the very early part of the 20th century, we just didn't have the ability to document the way we do now.
1: No, and uh, I guess because it was maybe viewed as a much more complex, messy war, again, it's it's a lot easier to make movies about World War Two.
0: Right. However... You know... I did find one. I remember reading the book in high school, and also seeing the movie. It was All Quiet on the Western Front.
1: I haven't even heard of that one.
0: Uh, it was. There's two versions of it. The one I'm referring to is the 1930 version. Mm. So not very long after the war actually ended. Yeah. And it was based off a novel that came out the year before in 1929. Hmm. And here's the thing. it's a war movie about being anti-war interesting it's very, very fascinating, and it basically it's it's from you know it looks at like the German perspective
1: that's really interesting
0: yeah, it's very good uh just quick plot, impassioned speech about the glory of serving in the army the German army by the way and- ser- saving the fatherland hmm. Uh, on the brink of becoming men, the boys in his class, uh, led by Paul Baumer, uh, the actor, are moved to join the army in the new Second Company, and this is where it happens. They they were given this romantic idea of war. That interesting. Everything is going to you know we're going to you know save the fatherland this and that, and then they get to war and realize that it is hell.
1: Yeah, not much, you know, glory for the living
0: Exactly, and that's and that's all it is It, it starts immediately As soon as they get to um, the combat zone The war is going on You have shells, people dying You know, fighting, shouting, guns being shot And it's just a complete sensory overload For these kids who have just been trained And it's like there is no more perfect example of anti-war movie than all quiet on the western front i firmly believe that uh it's a very long movie i think it was maybe close to 3 hours long hmm. um but just a very good movie and a very good book uh all quiet on the western front it was uh eric Maria remark remark Neat. remark a i can't pronounce French. yeah but. um you know, they get there, and, you know, what's the biggest thing in war? Oh, you know, you are be fed and this and that. No, there's no food in in a war zone.
1: Yeah, well, especially that one, you know, trench warfare of World War I.
0: Exactly, and I'm sorry, but trench warfare, you know, Sherman put it best when he said war is hell. He was absolutely right. Yeah. So, no spoiler alert, because the movie is, what now, 80-some years old
1: yeah well, actually nineteen
0: thirty be ninety ninety years old ninety one years old at this point
1: well, I'm not sure you could even spoil i guess for certain characters, but I mean the outcomes of these movies are kind of you know correct <laughs> but, you can't spoil the outcome of World war two everybody knows yeah, what happened we know
0: what happened at the end of the civil war world War one world war two et cetera et cetera you know there's just different aspects of it you can look at, but the the finish is pretty much universally known.
1: Mm, and then you and I are going to check out 1917. Yes, and
0: I was actually just going to bring that up. It came out, what, a year or so ago? Yeah. And both of us very much looking forward to seeing it still haven't.
1: Yeah, I know. I sort of I had a couple of opportunities and then just sort of didn't. And And now I'm quite excited to check it out with you.
0: Yeah, and because, you know, again, there are some... A good amount, there are some World War One movies out there, but really not as many as when we're gonna. Hey, look, a smooth transition to World War Two,
1: exactly. I
0: mean, you talk about a you know, very, very movie made war, yeah. I mean, we have a, a long list, and that doesn't even scratch the surface.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, I was going through lists, and they, they actually had to, like, break down the Wikipedia pretty much by, like, World yeah. War II movies made in the, you know, the 40s, the 50s, like, almost by decade. Every exactly, decade, by decade, and then by, so many. then by
0: event, you know, because I'm just yeah. going to throw one out there. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, uh, The Bridge on the River Kwai. Did you ever see the movie? Did not. Very good movie, and that is about one specific aspect. Yeah. Of World War II, the building of the Burma Railway by the British uh, POWs. Yeah. Amazing movie.
1: Mm -hmm. And,
0: you know, Sir Alec Guinness was in it. Just, I mean, and if you read the book and realize what these men went through, and then still were able to somehow build a railway. Yeah. It's ungodly.
1: Well, that's it, you know, but it's, yeah, I mean, there's just so many.
0: Yeah, but, you know, so that one, and, that, and that's what I mean, that it was about one specific thing that didn't even have, that a lot of Americans probably don't even know about. Yeah. Outside of it being a movie, the the Burma Railway being built in, during what, I think it was maybe less than a year period during the middle of World War II. Yeah. All right, but let's... I've been rambling on, so let's look at some of the ones that you put on that I haven't seen. I haven't seen Darkest Hour.
1: It was really good. I mean, it was... It's sort of fascinating because, of course, the movie Churchill, where Brian Cox portrayed Churchill, came out uh, just, like, one year earlier than Darkest Hour, I think.
0: Yeah, and Darkest Hour was the one with, um...
1: Gary Oldman. Thank
0: you. I just completely blanked on his name. Gary Oldman. And... It, it, it weirdly, it's on my list of things to see. I just haven't seen it yet.
1: You know, and this again, sort of going back to what I said, is sort of fascinating because obviously it's a you know, sort of British, a British movie. You know, with Brits portraying their most famous you know prime minister. So I thought it was quite interesting to see. You know, they could have gotten anybody. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, they were very different movies. I would say that Churchill with Brian Cox felt uh, was sort of much slower. I think it was much well, and that, more of a sort of character and that's piece. Is. I've
0: seen Churchill, and mm. for people that don't know who Brian Cox is, um, yeah. he was the first Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter. Yeah, in
1: Manhunter.
0: And also he was the chief of the Vermont State Troopers in Super Troopers. Yeah. He's a very funny comedic actor, but he is a very good dramatic actor as well, and he did a good job. But I felt the writing was a little clunky.
1: Yeah, and I'm it not definitely, a film critic. And this is
0: just my opinion, but it seemed like a giant propaganda movie, which it obviously. Was.
1: I mean, obviously it was. Yeah, it definitely wasn't uh, as good. I would say, uh, you know, the Gary Oldman one was much better.
0: Well, that's and that's what I've heard. And I did Gary Oldman win an Oscar for it? Or he non- did
1: win. Yeah, I believe he did. That was the one he. That was when. Yeah,
0: I think his he finally got his Oscar win.
1: And much deserved. Like it really, I think it's a you know obviously again it's lionizing Churchill, but it was it was good. I think it was a probably the best portrayal you're going to see on him.
0: Well, there you go. And I, and that's one I do want to check out. I haven't yet, but will at some point.
1: All right, moving on to our you know favorite
0: oh uh, das boot
1: yeah das boot yeah and das
0: boot um very interesting movie in the fact that it was basically all from the nazi perspective
1: yeah and it, it the magic of that one is about 10 minutes in you you either forget or you stop caring
0: i think that's what it is i being a, you know a history major historian i didn't forget but i just didn't care because i was drawn in and it was something that we mentioned last night When we were building the notes The tension Yeah That was built Because you've got to think about it This is the 1940s mm-hmm. Think about what cars looked like in the 1940s Yeah And now imagine you're in a submarine And just the sheer claustrophobia And the sheer terror
1: yeah, and you and I were sort of talking about that. The fact that it was made, the movie itself was made during a time when, you know, they didn't have uh, CGI, so everything had to be done practically. Yeah, it was
0: all practical effects, and it was, I mean, it's... you you watching the movie, you feel anxious.
1: Yeah, so they had to be really sparing with, you know, sort of the, the action, and, and it led to this amazing tension, you know, and suspense, because most of their scenes really we just the guys standing around in the submarine that's that's right. all they could afford to do
0: and that and that was the cool part of it is, is because you know you know that world war 2 especially from the nazi side was based on sub warfare yeah but you didn't really there was up until Das Boat came out there hadn't been a movie that really looked at basically the camaraderie of the crews
1: no, and it was you know, it was just so fascinating and so well done, and they've never made a better submarine movie, and I don't think they ever will because it's pretty much perfection in every aspect.
0: Yeah, and um, a big Anybody shout out else? to the main star just, yep. of that movie, one of my favorite German actors of all time, Jürgen Prochnow. Yeah, just utterly fantastic.
1: Yep. Any movie that tries to do submarine warfare now just feels like a pale imitation. Well,
0: well. since we're on that, let's move up to the other submarine movie from the opposite side, U-571.
1: It was... it's sort of a guilty pleasure movie. It's awful. Like it Yeah, and, and for, the thing
0: like, is, it, it was loosely based off of the capture of U-505. Yeah. Which holds a special place in my heart, because that's where Pap was.
1: Yeah, you know, but just... I mean, as a movie, yeah. when you're casting guys like Bon Jovi...
0: Yeah, it was a little too cheesy and dramatic, but... Yeah. The fact remained it did tell a story that was very, very pivotal to the war for the Allied effort.
1: It definitely did. It's, um... I, I suppose the best way you could sum it up is it felt very much like a PG-13... Retelling of War which Yeah, that's basically know, what the, it is. It was like Yeah. a popcorny 18 action movie, something that you could, you know, show to 12-year-olds. Right, it was kind of
0: like um kind of like a Hallmark channel version of a of a war movie.
1: Exactly. So, not you know, saying, not of,
0: saying there's anything wrong with that, but
1: No, but I mean if you're sort of an adult looking for a more serious war movie, it definitely wasn't it. Yeah, it's just it's very sort of Armageddon meets World War Two sub, you know, warfare.
0: Right, and and I, I guarantee you when we move on to guilty pleasure movies, U 571 will come back.
1: It yeah, probably will, you know. Don't, sort of, don't think about it in terms of being much of a historical movie, but it can be enjoyable just for the action scenes. Right,
0: and I, I've always made the distinction that there is a difference between good movies and entertaining movies.
1: 100%. Um... Let's Let's move on to better movies.
0: (laughs) Alright, well then let's go on to Dunkirk, a movie both you and I saw. Yeah, Dunkirk. I was a huge fan of it. I know there were some people out there that didn't really care for it. Um, The one complaint I had heard from several people was the portrayal of the German forces, the Nazi forces, as like this faceless mass. But I kind of thought that was
1: interesting. I thought it was an interesting way to go as well, just because so many war, you know, World War Two movies, you know, it, again, it sort of goes back to that whole thing where it's really easy to just punch a Nazi, right? You know, like they're, they're they've become the quintessential, you know, villains. So it's just it was neat to see a movie that just didn't, you know, go ten thousand percent in on right. on and that it was, aspect.
0: It of was it. basically yes, it was a faceless mass, and it was about. And it was about an action, an event in the war that not a lot of people are familiar with.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, it wasn't about. It wasn't about sort of the Nazis, and it wasn't really even about uh, conflict. I mean, no, it wasn't about sport.
0: conflict. It was about. I think it was about the human spirit and resolve.
1: Well, it definitely was, but I mean, just in terms of sort of history, at that point, the fighting had sort of stopped f- for the people on that beach like the story you know is about the evacuation of dunkirk beach right and that's it like, the fact it's that a that very they, tiny
0: that they had to event. get civilian boats yeah to come through the blockades and basically say, like look we're fishermen what do you want from us
1: you know to cross yeah they crossed the channel to pick up you know all the, as the young men the as british, they could. yeah the young british force which then you know went back to britain for a bit regrouped and became you know, a huge part of the forces that storm D-Day. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's a very small story, so it's, you know, it's it's about that. It's about, you know, the British troops on the beach. That's really it.
0: <laughs> and, and I firmly believe that now that we've started to see that, these smaller stories from the bigger war coming out, I think in the future we could see a lot more movies about World War One.
1: I think so. It feels like now there's been a turning point. You know, with 1917 coming out, I think a lot of studios are starting to kind of look at World War One a bit more. There's there's well, been so many. What was so that
0: trailer you you sent me the other night? Uh, about the uh, the Russian joining the Lithuanian. Oh yeah, the yeah. There
1: was one about uh, the Lithuanian forces. Yeah, the, which I can't remember the name of
0: it, but we'll come back to that. Hmm. Um. So, well let's look at uh more overly dramatized history in Inglorious Bastards. Uh I'm sorry. I, I know people were saying, "Well, why didn't you like it?" The fact remains is that it almost I think it probably convinced some people that that's how the war actually happened.
1: I just, yeah, I I don't know. It's I'm not a huge fan of of that sort of st- style of movie that style of acting you know Brad Pitt I think was better when he was just sort of playing pretty airheads I'm sorry
0: yeah and you know I he's, there was a lot in a it I didn't understand and I just it seemed very forced and very insisting and it's like
1: well, eh. oh, and you know my feelings on people just you know kind of wanking off uh, well what's his face director
0: oh wasn't it Tarantino
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: not a fan, but...
1: Hey, so speaking, of, a...
0: speaking of movies that probably shouldn't have been made, let's talk about Pearl Harbor.
1: <laughs> must we?
0: Well, it was what it was. The problem I had with it was... It was kind of a romance movie, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the yeah, it was Michael Bay... I think he was coming off of Armageddon at that point. Yeah, and
0: he hadn't quite hit the Explodey Transformers Michael Bay. No,
1: this was before, because I think this one, I think it might have come back even way like 2000, 2001 maybe? Maybe. Anyway, yeah, it's like three and a half hours long. The actual Pearl Harbor bit is, I think, mostly done within the first hour or so, and then there's just this huge, long, like, two hours bromance between the two male characters and
0: yeah and i'm sorry but when you take one of the gravest days in american military history and do that with it i'm sorry i i can't i cannot get behind it
1: yeah i and mean I it's, it's it wasn't a good movie at all which is sort of sad because i mean if you like the sort of special effects you know they were obviously fantastic being michael bay you know lots of you know, the big explosions, yeah, you know. Yeah, because so. that's
0: what Michael Bay does, and he does it very well.
1: But it just wasn't, re- it was ironically just not a movie that was really about Pearl Harbor.
0: Yeah, it was Pearl Harbor in title only.
1: Basically, so, meh. Yeah. Well, All right, Saving s- Private
0: Ryan. Yes, because we're still on World War II, because that's just how covered that that movie, or that war is. And Saving Private Ryan, I really liked
1: It's one that I've come to like a lot more, you know, it was one of those ones where it just, it was so popular and almost so unavoidable, like, it just kind of felt like the entire world just, you know, went absolutely gaga for it, and so I kind of sat it out for a long time.
0: Yeah, but then when you watch it, you're like, it is a good movie.
1: You know, well, yeah, and also because, you know, I think it came out either the same year or the year after The Thin Red Line. No, it was the same I,
0: year because it kind of overshadowed The Thin Red yeah, Line, which did. I think was a it, maybe a better war movie.
1: Well, that was sort of what frustrated me. I loved The Thin Red Line and oh, I did it basically disappeared into the, you know, into the ethos because Saving Private Ryan.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then but then if you look at it, you really do have to give a lot of credit to Saving Private Ryan. It was a good movie.
1: It definitely was. So it was an interesting story,
0: story too.
1: Yeah, you know, and obviously that uh, you know that intro is will again probably never be topped.
0: No, I do not believe so.
1: You know, so yeah, it's one that I've come to appreciate a lot more. But it was intensely frustrating to me at the time that, like, nobody that I would talk to had even heard of the Thin Red Line. Yeah, but everybody down to even, like, three-year-olds had heard of Saving Private Ryan.
0: Well, to be fair, Tom Hanks is a great actor.
1: Well, exactly. It's and hard and to not recall. only that,
0: he's a very big proponent of doing really good military history things.
1: Yeah, you know, well, Bandit it was Brothers, much more was of, of
0: Was He was a big part of that.
1: Yeah, and it's a, it was a much more sort of mainstream movie, you know? Yes. It's got everything. I mean, it's it's big action, it's Steven Spielberg, it's Right, you know, it's everything that a big theater movie, theater release, you know, should be. Whereas Thin Red Line, not so much. Yeah. Now, you know, very slow, very cerebral. Right,
0: and very. It's kind of like war. Very, very slow. Very cerebral and quite terrifying. Yeah. Now, next two I want to talk about kind of kind of are related in my mind because they're more. Uh, biopic, or biopic, however people want to pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, Schindler's List. Nah. Which is just an incredible movie in every single aspect of it being a movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Liam Neeson, just fantastic.
1: Yeah, uh, Ben Kingsley.
0: Ben Kingsley, and uh, the story is, you know, you should know the story by this point, let's put it that way.
1: Well, that's it, and... Do you remember the Oscars for that one? I mean, I remember being, you know, young, and I think it was one of the first years I even really paid much attention to the Oscars, and I, you know, too young to to know much about the story. It Off just, the
0: top of my head, I don't, because what would that have been ninety four?
1: Yeah, something like that. And I just, but I just have this memory of just, I think eleven, maybe oh my God. something.
0: It, it had, it was nominated in pretty much every category,
1: and it won basically everything, and, and it rightly won most so, of them. but. It, but it was just sort of fascinating, because I just have this memory of just, you know, Schindler's List, Schindler's List. just It just swept the awards, and that was one of my first memories of, of watching an award show. Yeah,
0: and then you watch it, and then you feel really, really sad. Oh,
1: yeah, you feel really terrible for about a week after.
0: Yeah, there's certain movies that really get to you with that, and that movie was one of those, like, oh my god, what's wrong with us as a species?
1: Basically, you know, but, you know... It, I mean, I think that was the, the better Spielberg movie.
0: Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. That was just incredible.
1: Um, And then which was the other one you were going to go to? Hacksaw Ridge. I still haven't seen it again. It's sort of like, it's I keep ri- sitting down and then just don't... I don't know why, I just haven't... I like Mel Gibson more as a director than an actor, but I just haven't sat down to watch it yet.
0: I do too, and this is the movie that really sealed it for me because of, I think, how good it was and how good the casting was. And on top of that, the story is incredible. I'd never heard the story.
1: I don't think most people had. Yeah, of Desmond Doss. Yeah,
0: of Desmond Doss. He was a pacifist. He was a conscientious objector. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think he was, what the hell was it, a Seventh Day Adventist? Yeah, some religious uh, group that was very passive and nonviolent. Yet he still joined the war, refused mm-hmm. to carry a firearm, and, and won, won the Medal of, the of Honor. One. Yep. And <laughs> what he did was nothing short of amazing.
1: It really, you know, just knowing it from the actual historical perspective, I mean, it was. And from everything that I've sort of seen, the clips and everything, I mean, it it looks amazing. I think Andrew Garfield was amazing. I mean, he was coming off of, I think, Spider-Man. He was coming off
0: Spider-Man, and then he gets in this, and he's nominated for Best Actor. Unfortunately, he didn't win.
1: No, but it was just an incredible thing to see, because he kind of flunked out as Spider-Man. He was just sort of a an awkward, lame portrayal that everybody kind of quickly forgot and then wrote him off as an actor. You know, you kind of get one big mainstream shot, and if you tank, you kind of go back to really low projects. So he kind of lucked out getting this role in Hacksaw Ridge.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six, six Academy Awards. Mm. Won two of them It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Sound, Editing and Mixing And Best Film Editing Uh, It won for Best Sound Mixing and Best Film Editing I mean, it was just And it's a story that more people need to know, in my opinion Yeah And, oh, and for the record uh, Desmond Doss, actually He died in 2006 yeah, so he was awarded the Medal of Honor, did not perish in the war, went on to live a very full life. Um, mm. just just an incredible story and a man that I think more people should know about.
1: And then we we didn't sort of find any any movies that either of us had seen about Korea, so well, I guess we'll. Skip I was on thinking to about that in
0: real quick. Mm. The only, I mean, there are some about the Korean War. A lot of them were made in Korea. Yeah. Um, But I don't know what, maybe because at the time it was classified as a police action rather than a war.
1: Well, and again, it just sits in that awkward period where, you know, there was sort of these two much bigger wars around them. The
0: Cold War is going on at this point. Yeah. You know, so the Americans are shoving against the Soviets and communism, and... Than the Korean conflict, because that was another thing. They called it at the time the Korean conflict. Yeah. But have you are you familiar with the TV show MASH? Yeah, of course. Well, they they made a movie about it. Mm. And it was, you know, Korean War about a mobile a MASH unit, Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. It's more of a comedy. Yeah. Which is why I didn't kind of put it in here, but it's still is a pretty decent representation of especially the Americans' opinions and feelings on the Korean War. Hmm. And I think, ironically, the TV show actually lasted, like, what, two and a half times as long as the actual Korean War?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why, you know, the next one's kind of fascinating to me.
0: Oh, Vietnam? Oh, God, there's quite a few Vietnam movies. We narrowed it down to just a couple, uh... Obviously, I think the biggest one, uh, the Stanley, Stanley Kubrick classic Full Metal Jacket.
1: Well, of course, you know, but again, especially for me, you know, being Canadian, it's it's sort of fascinating to see now, um, you know, American feelings on really possibly your most divisive war.
0: I think so, yeah, and that was the one that, you know, we it, the opinion of the people that served in it has changed drastically over the past several years. But when they came back from Vietnam, mind you, they were drafted and sent to Vietnam. They didn't—not a lot of people volunteered, but they were looked at as war criminals.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, like it was just such an unpopular war. It, really it was one was. of the first. It was one of the first where there wasn't really a decisive victory. I mean, coming off of something like World War II, and even then, something like Korea to go to Vietnam and. And all the carnage and then not really have Anything to show for it at the end Right and
0: that's the thing what really came out Of it positive not much
1: You know it's just It's really fascinating to me That it sort of Feels like Because most of the movies we have were I think all of them actually were 1980s
0: Um yeah Well I think uh, Apocalypse Now Which has come comes later was that the 80s Or was that late 70s oh uh, no, it was seventy nine, and the Deer Hunter was seventy eight. So, but still, so you're, you're looking m- late seventies and the eighties, like Platoon came out in the mid eighties.
1: So not long after the end of the war, and yet it feels like they like the opinion had already almost turned completely around. You know, yeah, by that po- by that point, you know, they're making movies like that where you know, just sort of dark, kind of admitting to the utter. Sort of futility of of what was going on, you know, fighting for. And I think for... the one
0: that speaks most about that is the deer hunter.
1: Yeah, sort of fighting for a hill. You win the hill, and then right, you, you leave. win the hill,
0: and then they take the hill. Then you fight for the hill, and then what I think is interesting is the deer hunter actually looked at them coming back,
1: ah, and just
0: how drastically altered, you know, their lives were because of
1: yeah, know, literally the atrocities of war. Mm.
0: And it was just, it was brutal. And that, you know, the infamous Russian roulette scene. Yes. That, you know, that caused a lot of anger for a lot of people when that actually was aired.
1: Oh, yeah. And but, Apocalypse Now, of course, iconic.
0: Oh, iconic. The horror. The horror. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, but again, if you know, but that is... shows the men- the
0: mental instability that a war like that can cause, you know, with Colonel, what was it, Colonel Kurtz was Brando's yeah. character?
1: Do you know anything about the making of that?
0: No, but since Brando was involved, I'm going to assume there was lots of calamities.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, ironically, sort of that and the island of Dr. Moreau have become almost, you know, more infamous for the behind-the-scenes just insanity. yeah. And Apocalypse Now was, was like that as well, you know, they were trying to shoot, I think it was shot entirely in the Philippines. I believe so, yes. And, you know, just actors not showing up, uh, getting, yeah, getting sick, um, you know, just sort of all the chaos. I mean, the Philippines was involved in its own sort of civil conflict at the time going on around them.
0: Right, in the late 70s, that uh, you know, they were basically shooting a war movie in the midst of a war.
1: And, you know, Francis Ford said, you know, that he he lost, like, 100 pounds, nearly went insane.
0: Yeah, uh, and that, about, but, <laughs> I mean, if you look at the message it was trying to get across, it definitely got across
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the, I mean, as horrible as it is that people, you know, the the crew and the cast had to sort of go through all of that, it probably helped the portrayals a little bit.
0: And on top of that, you look at the cast. Yeah. Like, holy God, you had Brando, Duval, Martin Sheen, Lawrence Fishburne, Harrison Ford, Dennis Hopper.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, that, that's a
0: hell of a powerful lineup right there.
1: Unsurprisingly, Hopper and Brando did not get along.
0: Well, who did, no, of course not. Who did Brando get along with besides a buffet?
1: No, there's that. And Hopper was kind of the same way. He didn't get along I mean, with Yeah, he was people. a little
0: difficult to get along with, I've heard, but they were both. So but to, yeah. to their credit, they were both really good actors.
1: Yep. So that was sort of fascinating.
0: <laughs> but that one, I mean, just. You look at the. Because the whole point of the movie was Colonel Kurtz, Brando. Yeah. Was accused of murder, and basically the army had deemed him insane, and they wanted to get him out of there. Yeah. You know, that between that and the deer hunter, that right there is literally the poster for why we needed to help these veterans coming home. Yeah. And why it's good now that the the veterans coming back from today are able to get help they need because a lot of the Vietnam veterans were not able to.
1: No, they just were basically told, you know, to go away. Nobody wanted to hear about it. Yeah, it's and... like
0: you know, they would just be walking, trying to get on with their lives, and people would just scream out "baby killer" and throw things at them. It's like you know what?
1: Hmm.
0: They didn't want to go there, but that—that well, that, that is a an idea. That is a statement for a whole different thing. But
1: all right, moving on to the war on terror.
0: Okay, yeah, the so the modern day one. The ongoing War on uh, Terror. Now, here's the thing. A lot of the movies you put on there, I have not seen. Uh Ah. I have not seen Act of Valor.
1: It was the one that was pretty much exclusively famous because they actually had active-duty Navy SEALs, I believe, in it. Active-duty soldiers. Okay. And otherwise, it was really not a very interesting movie. That was pretty much its entire gimmick.
0: Okay. Yeah, like I said, I... I remember hearing the title, but I remember there was something about it that made me not really want to go see it.
1: I think that was probably why. It was very much a gimmicky movie. It's not awful, but it's just, like, the most stereotypical, formulaic, you know, military movie. Right. I don't recall anything interesting in sort of the acting, the action, nothing. Hmm. Baseline generic.
0: Alright, what about Lone Survivor? Again, a movie I haven't seen.
1: Lone Survivor was sort of fascinating because it's the story of the, the sole, you know, survivor uh, I gotta get his name I forget
0: what it was. Type faster
1: ah, Oh, Mark Luttrell, that was it Okay um, He was doing part of the sort of now famous Operation Red Wings, uh, which was a four-man SEAL team uh, given the task to track down Taliban leader Ahmad Shah Okay, and all of the rest of his team is killed. And this is a true thing; like these are this is a real story about real people. And I believe one of them would go on to be posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor. Hmm. And but it was sort of about his story of trying to survive, kind of on the mountains, and then being taken care of by uh, I believe by Afghani's Afghani citizens, who just you know, of course. Are kind of caught in this horrendous uh, sandwich, you know, between the Taliban and you know the American war.
0: Right. These are just people that want to try to live their lives.
1: Exactly. And they're stuck you know? in the
0: middle. And it's it. I think it's kind of a, you know, strangely ironic that a lot of the you know the young men and women that go over there that don't really want to be over there they kind of find themselves in the same, phys- or the same mental mental boat as the indigenous people of the country because they don't want the war to be there.
1: Well, exactly. So it was sort of, it was kind of fascinating. It's, it's Mark Wahlberg, but he wasn't bad, you know, he, he wasn't bad at all. in it, it's not like the world's most amazing movie or anything, but you could do worse. It's sort of an interesting adaptation of an interesting little sort of small, again, sort of the Dunkirk thing, the small story about kind of one guy.
0: Right. And I I and I like those. Those are fascinating to me.
1: Uh, Hurt Locker, uh, eh? I there you know it's kind of one again. I think it's sort of it's a it's much more of a, a movie than sort of a good war portrayal. Like I've heard a lot of people and even a lot of veterans kind of hate the movie.
0: Uh, that's what I've heard is that a lot of veterans were like that. These people have obviously never even tried to read about warfare.
1: Because it mostly follows uh, an, a bombs expert EOD, I believe they are.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, explosive ordnance. But kind of, it's the it's the you know the sort of the lone wolf, the alpha dog. He just does what he wants, which you know, obviously, in any military setting, that's not what happens. Soldiers no, that don't doesn't exist. fly
0: in the military. But you know, no, for the purposes especially of especially and Bradley Cooper, yeah, especially
1: when you're. Dealing with, you know, explosives, like you're not just gonna...
0: Yeah, you, you, you can't know. go rogue and be like, oh, watch this, no.
1: So, you, you know, beyond anything else, it just, eh.
0: Yeah, and it was one, I watched it, uh, I really didn't care for it personally, but what are you gonna do?
1: Exactly. Alright, The
0: Messenger, don't know anything about it.
1: Uh the messenger it was sort of fascinating. It was a 2009 film. It has uh Ben Foster in it. Most people would probably know him from his tiny portrayal as Angel in the X-Men movies. Oh that later guy. X-Men. Yeah, oh, and then I didn't
0: he, didn't even know who that was.
1: He's kind of a, he's kind of a guy who's never really sort of broken out young young actor. It's also got Woody Harrelson, uh Steve Buscemi. I like but, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, I mean, so it's got a good plot. It it was about a army staff sergeant uh who comes home from uh Iraq and becomes a casualty notification officer. Oh. Uh, you know, who are yeah, the, guys the guys who obviously up to yeah. you know, it's the guys the that main. show up
0: with the flag.
1: Yeah. You know. And so it's it's a very sort of from what I remember of it, very sort of quiet obviously, again sort of more of a a cerebral, you know, dialogue movie. I mean, it's a—he's uh, dealing with his own issues, and you know, obviously a lot of sort of survivors' guilt. And then he becomes a casualty notification officer. Yeah. So there's just sort of a lot of, from what I remember, of it, sort of interesting things there. It's it's something that most people don't, maybe even don't know even exists. Like, how do people actually get notified when their loved one is killed in action?
0: Right. In the old days, it was. You know they would show. You know they would just see that staff car pull up, and the guy gets out with the flag, and you knew.
1: You know, so it's sort of it was sort of uh, just kind of an interesting a small scale story again about this one aspect that yeah that most people don't know. And
0: that's that's one of the things I do like is that it is telling stories that a lot of people wouldn't know, which is why I appreciated you know, Dunkirk and Hacksaw Ridge and things like that.
1: Uh, It was pretty good. It's on Wikipedia, they say, it won uh, a Golden Globe and was nominated for two Oscars, so...
0: Hmm. That's one for the list.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could do worse again, and then this one again, I feel like kind of pairs up with uh, The Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty. You know, I saw
0: it, I don't remember a damn thing about it.
1: It's pretty much about the, you know, the uh, killing of Osama Bin Laden.
0: Oh, that's right, the SEAL Team 6 thing.
1: Yeah, the raid on the the compound. Um, You know, so it was sort of, uh, it was kind of Jessica Chastain's big breakout role as a CIA, you know, analyst. (laughs) And otherwise, not really anybody it's too big that most people would probably know.
0: Well, and that's, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I remember I did watch it, I just don't remember it, so it was just kind of unmemorable.
1: It's... The, the final raid, in terms of being, like, entertaining to watch, was, was quite well done, like, it's... But otherwise... Again, it's sort of a lot... Very slow, right. from what I remember. I mean, it's mostly sort of CIA talking to other agencies kind of thing trying to get everybody, you know, sort of on board with her, you know, because the CIA is not going to, you know, run its own sort of mission to go there. Right. And, so. then,
0: and then we have this little category, which I liked. It was the other wars that maybe wasn't so much a huge U.S. presence, but we had enough for mm-hmm. them to make a movie about it. Yeah. Now, the first one came from the Gulf War, Courage Under Fire. You know the irony is? What's that? I've read the book. I never saw the movie. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Hmm. Uh, Meg Ryan, Denzel Washington.
0: Oh yeah, like I I know of the movie. I know the whole plot of of it. I just never saw it, and I don't know why.
1: It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't bad. From you know, it's been years and years since I've seen it. Um. You know, obviously it's sort of fascinating because it concerns, you know, a woman being nominated for the Medal of Honor. Yeah. But because it was made, I don't even know, maybe even 90s? Probably? It's, it wasn't sort of, it wasn't too social justice Like, if they were to make a movie like that now, obviously, you know, it would kind of be a little too sort of, Ra rah female, hear me raw. Yeah. But it was quite sort of understated, I felt like. I mean, for one, because I mean, a lot of it was sort of done in, in kind of flashbacks, but I mean, most of it is Denzel Washington sort of conducting his investigation.
0: I was going to say, from- I remember that from the book. It was basically, it was told from the, in a series of flashbacks to basically them essentially interviewing her about what happened.
1: Well, her crew, because she dies. Or oh, that's right. Yeah, I the- was
0: talking about the crew and just all the different points of view that there were. The you know the bitter guys, like, oh, she screwed everything up. You know, she's a traitor, this and that. Hmm. But it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a. It was an interesting book, and I, it's a movie. I definitely would would watch. I, just I think haven't.
1: it's worth. Yeah, I think it's worth you know checking out, especially yeah, because it sort of is more understated.
0: All right, savior. Don't know anything about it, but it was during the Serbian War.
1: Yeah, which is obviously one that gets basically zero attention, at least from, you know, us Westerners.
0: Yeah. There's there's reasons for that, but we'll go into that in a different episode.
1: Um, it was Dennis Quaid, you know, is the pretty much the lone star of that one, and really really good, you know, quite quite brutal. It was sort of a small budget movie, so you know, they're doing a lot with sort of character. Uh, Still in Skarsgård was in it, from what I remember, a much smaller part.
0: I like Still in Skarsgård. Yeah. I am a fan.
1: Um, you know, but it, because it was sort of small budget, it, it was just much more character sort of driven. Hmm. And now, like I said, I've never even
0: heard of the movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, from what I remember... I can't even remember if he's playing in a um, an American soldier, but anyway, he's he's over there and sort of ends up trying to save this this uh, Serbian woman who's who's pregnant and and gives birth and sort of well, he's he's trying to evacuate her, mm-hmm. and then unfortunately, you know, he can't save her, but he ends up saving her baby and you know, it sounds really sort of cheesy and cliche, but it is much better done than I'm sort of giving it credit for. It's it's well, and,
0: that, and that's another thing is you have to think about, there were probably lots of cases of that in various wars that just were never talked about.
1: Mmm, you know, so it just yeah, really sort of well done little movie about a war that everybody's kind of forgotten here or doesn't, didn't even know existed in the first place.
0: Yeah. Speaking All of right, that... but And the one I added, uh, Black Hawk Down, that was uh, during the very, very small, mind you, U.S. involvement in the Somali Civil War.
1: Yep, did the thing that put Mogadishu on a map for most people.
0: That's why most Americans know where Mogadishu is.
1: Mm -hmm. That was under uh, Clinton, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think that was kind of one of the things that really hurt his, uh, his presidency.
0: But that was—I mean—you talk about just a gritty, hard to watch, in a lot of times movies.
1: Yeah, I mean that one's surprisingly well done. You know. Yeah. It's one that—it's kind of the—it's kind of Armageddon. Like if it's on TV or if I, if I notice it on like streaming, I'll sit and watch it. Even oh, though I I've own seen it. I it on Blu-ray. Uh oh, I've seen it probably six times, seven times.
0: Yeah, it was a really, really well-done movie about something that a lot of people really don't know about, and I think it gives a lot of, you know, it gives a lot of positive... I don't know if positive's the right word for it, but it really, it, it, it lets people know that it happened.
1: Well, that's it, you And know, regardless
0: and... of the outcome of it, for people to know that it happened so we can learn from it in the future, I think, is a positive.
1: It definitely is, and it's, you know, you know. well, it was really well done, and even though it has these different sort of threaded plot lines of the different military branches or groups, you know, interacting, and obviously there's some friction between them, it's, it was easy to follow, which is something that's a little hard to do. Yeah, and, of,
0: and it's a powerful story.
1: It definitely is. So that one was good, and then this one, which you may or may not know.
0: Oh, Tears of the Sun? Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, it was a... Ooh, that was a good one. I like. Yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Uh, so that was Bruce Willis, Monica Bellucci, uh, about a U.S. Navy SEAL rescue mission uh, during the Civil War in Nigeria. Right. And I don't know how sort of true or not true or whatever it is. In terms of being a movie, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Hmm.
0: No, I, I definitely thought it was a really good movie
1: it probably i mean if i it again it's been a few years since i've seen it it came out in 2003 so it's kind oh of old my god it's that old yeah
0: i really didn't realize it was that old
1: you know so there are sort of some tropes you know obviously in there now all oh, right there has to be but from what i remember it was it was kind of interesting and and well done And that's about all we've got on our list. And
0: and again, that was just uh, what we pointed out at the beginning of this. This was just scratching the surface because there are so many, so many movies about war because I think oddly as a species we're fascinated by it.
1: Well, I think so. And, you know, again, it's, you know, it's a form of both sort of propaganda and maybe even in a weird way sort of therapy. I mean, it's kind of our way of of dealing with it after the fact,
0: I think so. It's a, it, it, in a in a strange way, it's a coping mechanism, and I think in a lot of ways, it's a good coping mechanism because it makes people realize that it happened.
1: Well, that's it, you know. So it's it's sort of a way to to tell different stories or to look at different things or to you know maybe have some you know some of those conversations that aren't so sort of acceptable outside of an entertainment you know sort of medium
0: no uh those are not <laughs> there a lot of these movies are not dinner time conversations let's put it that way
1: exactly that's the best way to put it
0: <laughs> you know um black hawk down full metal jacket yeah uh, schindler's <laughs> list not exactly you're going to something you're going to talk about in mixed company over dinner
1: exactly so you know they serve an interesting Interesting purpose
0: They absolutely do And honestly I'm I'm kind of glad They exist I hope There There will be more of them mm. Um But you never know And again This is just From The birth Of America Perspective Yeah You know Alright here
1: I got one for you What's that? If you had to pick One movie on this list To tell people to watch
0: Oh Jesus <sighs> All right, let me ask you this. What, is my, what would be my reasoning? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, like, what, what is my goal in in having them watch it? What do I want them to get out of it?
1: Let's say it's somebody who maybe just doesn't really watch sort of war movies. Maybe they're kind of just, it's something they're not really interested in. What would be a movie that maybe you'd pick that you'd hope would show them that war movies can be really good?
0: I'm going to need a minute. What would you pick? Dust boot. Dust boot, yeah?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, no shame to any of the other movies, uh, but I just... Because even though, you know, it has the ending, you know, that it has, there's not a sort of a happy ending. Right. I think especially for if you're looking at somebody who maybe doesn't watch war movies, especially if they're reluctant because of violence, then I think that's a good one because... There really isn't Like it's not a gory movie Um
0: If that's the case I would say Hacksaw Ridge Yeah Because you think about it You have somebody That without resorting to violence Not even picking up a rifle When he is under fire Mm, True Saved the lives of so many human beings And did it all while not compromising His own values and integrity
1: there you go.
0: Um, And again, it was just, it was one of those, like, s- stories you see about it and like, my God, I have not done anything in my life. <laughs> but uh, I would say either that or if I, you know, or if I want, if it's somebody that has that romantic idea of war that how could it be bad, then I would show them All Quiet on the Western Front.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because that's I why just- that movie was made.
1: It it
0: was made to say War isn't pretty Here's what war is And look what it does
1: Yeah, indeed
0: But this was kind of a heavy one for the first episode When we talk about movies Mm. But Good news, fans, on the horizon We've got some good uh, ideas lined up I think the next one we may want to do is uh, How about some good old cheesy 80s action movies?
1: There, there you
0: go Because those are always fun And they, we have Finished. a lot of thoughts on that So uh, if anybody out there did, What did we miss? What do you like? And please if you have Like a good revolutionary war movie Korean war movie Or any other war movie Because again this was just US I mean you can go back through history You know there's war movies from The beginning of time essentially Yeah but for our purposes, what's a good Korean War movie? I'm curious to know.
1: Me too. I'd love to know.
0: So, for that one, I guess we're going to end this one. So, thanks for coming back. Um, you have any parting thoughts, closing thoughts, remarks, problems, I issues? got
1: nothing. Nope.
0: Nothing? Nope. All right. Well, for the Carnival, this has been Zack and Rye, and we will catch you guys later on.